Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. How you doing, Rachel? Suffering. <laughs> What's new? What's new? Seriously, though, it's getting so hot outside. Like, you want to be outside because you don't want to be in your house, but you also value your skin and not sweating. <laughs> yeah. It makes me want to go to a park really bad and, like, sit yeah. in the shade or go to a pool. pool. Technically, those things aren't truly open yet, and I don't want to risk coming into contact with someone. So, yeah, like, public pools are open, but also, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going around any snot-nosed kids and getting the Rona. It's just not a good idea. I even, like... I was anticipating possibly going to the dollar store today to look at like bins because I'm trying to organize our under cabinet spaces. And I was like, in the scheme of things, do I want to risk that? (laughs) Or do I just want to order them online from Mm -hmm. a not dollar store retailer? And I think I might just do that. Like, it it just, it boggles my mind every time I go and do, like, a pickup order from Walmart, and the pickup area is empty, and everyone's, like, waiting in line to go inside Walmart, which I don't want to do even if there is not a pandemic. (laughs) Walmart is truly a liminal space. I just, like, why the fuck would you want to go inside (laughs) if you didn't have to? Like, I just find it especially the one that Emily and I live by in Gainesville, like, it is a fucking nightmare to get Mm -hmm. in and out of there. It's always busy. People don't know how to drive. They don't know how to drive their carts in the store either. (laughs) Like, it's a fucking nightmare. So the minute I discovered grocery pickup and that it was free, I was like, yes, let me do that forever so I never have to go in the store ever again. Yeah, so a tip for all you listeners, you can do a grocery pickup for Walmart. I'm pretty sure you can do it for Aldi as well, probably Target as well. Probably every major retailer, they'll do that for you right now. So limit your exposure, do it that way. Yeah, Target pickup is really nice too. Although I will say that if you have a super Target, they don't really have like produce that you can do a drive-through pickup. So that's like the one downside. I would I would say like your best grocery options are probably like Aldi. You can do pickup I think at Publix too right now, and you can you can definitely do it at Sam's Club too if you happen to have a Sam's Club membership. But yeah, that's the only downside about like Super Target is that they just like don't update their produce and like meat and stuff enough for you to re- reliably get all of the groceries you need from Target pickup. So yeah. <laughs> But if you need, like, an Animal Crossing game or a Switch, hey. Yeah, like, it's been great for, like, little, like, over-the-door hangers and, like, a shoe rack and things I needed after I moved. So it's great for stuff like that and, like, your toiletries, for sure. But beyond that, not that great. Yeah. Let's actually get into what the episode's going to be about. (laughs) And just give uh, quarantine survival tips? We can, we had actually planned on doing a life in quarantine episode later this month because it's a five-week month. Yeah. So we'll save that for that episode. Look forward to that soon. Yeah. But today we are talking about a brand new show that I was super excited to see for the upcoming anime season. 
So the anime that Emily and I watched that we're both very excited about is titled My Next Life as a Villainess, All Roots Lead to Doom! Exclamation point. <laughs> A.K.A. Hamefora and Bakarina. Mm-hmm. Which reminded me of Ballerina, but it's stupid Rina. <laughs> yes. You stupid Rina. Yeah. So this looked so cool because, I don't know about y'all, I happen to play a lot of Atome games. This is an isekai anime where a girl dies and is then reincarnated as a character in one of her favorite Atome visual novel dating sim games. Only she is the villain and not the playable character. I just love this premise so much. <laughs> I, I I love this premise so much because my boyfriend really loves isekais, like the traditional isekai. It's like most of the anime that he watches. And honestly, like no tea, no shade to my boyfriend, but, <laughs> mo- but, but most isekais, like I'm not that into. Like he really likes like a very OP character that like gets reincarnated into like a game universe that is not an Otome game. It's like a fighting magical whatever game. The only isekai that I tolerated was I got reincarnated as a slime or something like that. Um, That's also like very on the nose though. Yeah, like it's it's funny because he was literally reincarnated as this slime blob. <laughs> like I just thought that was very it it was unique and it didn't take itself too seriously which I appreciated but yeah as isekais go like I'm not a huge fan but this the premise of this I was like yes let's watch this and I have to say just on first impressions it lived up to expectations so editing Rachel here I realized we never really defined what an isekai anime is so here's a quick definition an isekai is the portal fantasy subgenre of Japanese light novels, manga, anime, and video games. Isekai works revolve around a normal person from Earth being transported to, reborn, or trapped in a parallel universe, usually a fantasy world. Often the protagonist is already familiar with the parallel world, as it is often a fictional universe from a fictitious work published in the protagonist's origin universe, but the parallel world may also be unknown to them. Yeah, the show is based off of a series of light novels, which were written by Satoru Yamaguchi and illustrated by Nami Hidaka. And those began publishing in July 2014 on a user-generated novel publishing website. So so think of it like a Japanese Wattpad, pretty much, without the fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... It became very popular on this website, and then it was acquired by Ichi Jinsha, who published the first light novel volume in August 2015. There are nine volumes currently as of April 2020, and there's also a manga adaptation of these light novels. So it's had its run of many things. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I am surprised it was developed that long ago, but yeah, it's, it's honestly a really cool concept and I'm really happy that it was developed into an anime because you just haven't seen anything like it. (laughs) Yeah the anime started April 4th 2020. There are 12 episodes. It is currently still airing. Right now you can watch episodes 1 to 6 on Crunchyroll. 
Yes, and you can also watch it on, um, I, I'm almost positive that me and my boyfriend are watching it on VRV if you happen to watch a lot of anime and you subscribe to that service. Yeah. And do you know what day it comes out on? I don't. I have not figured out what day it comes out on, but I could bet money that it's probably Friday or Saturday. Cool. So, Rachel, do you want to read the Wikipedia summary that may or may not be accurate because... <laughs> Sure. I'm happy to stumble through something that I'm reading as I go along. Um, (laughs) Katarina Claes, the young daughter of a noble family, one day bumps her head and regains memories of her past life as an otaku. It is then that she realizes she has been reborn into the world of the Otome game Fortune Lover, reincarnated as the game's villainess, who, regardless of what route the player took in the original game, is doomed to either be killed or exiled. In order to avoid these routes that lead to doom, Katarina begins taking countermeasures to try and avoid things going the same way as the game. This, however, ends up having unexpected consequences on her relations with the other characters of the game's world. Yes, it's all very Machiavellian. Because the first episode starts off, she's eight years old. And then the game doesn't start until she's 15. Right. So. (laughs) So she has has a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah. So, like an Otome game, there's a pretty big roster of people. And before we get into discussing the themes of the episode and what happens in some of these episodes... I want to go over the characters and explain who they are because we're going to be name dropping them and it can be very confusing. Yeah, it's important that we do this first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so our main character is Katarina Clace. She is a 17-year-old otaku who has been reincarnated as the villain character in Fortune Lover. She has extensive knowledge of Fortune Lover because she has played it before. She is an otaku. And she knows what happens to Katarina in the game. And she does basically everything <laughs> to try to avoid that. To the lengths that she does is also kind of hilarious. Yeah. So she does many things, like trying to establish good relationships with her peers. She takes up gardening. <laughs> she starts making plans in case she's suddenly exiled. She, like, has a plan yeah. A, B, and C. And... Despite attempting to use magic, the only magic she can actually perform is creating bumps in the ground. So that's another thing I didn't expect from the show, is that there's also magic! So she is really bad at magic. She's a total dummy. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say that magic is not, like, the center of the universe. It's, um, it's like, I would say it's, like, a minor element. Mm Mm-hmm. So far. I (laughs) mean, yeah, so far. So her brother, her adoptive brother is Keith Clace, and he is an earth magic prodigy, so he can basically earthbend is the best way to describe it. In the game, Katarina bullied him, causing him to grow up as a womanizer. But in his good ending, he has his sister exiled and abandons his womanizing ways to be with the heroine. And in his bad ending, he kills his sister in a fit of rage before disappearing. Lovely. Love that. So to avoid this, Katarina goes out of her way to be a good sister to him. This does improve their relationship, but it also saddles Keith with the thankless task of having to keep Katarina out of trouble. So he doesn't become a womanizer. He's kind of become her chaperone. 
despite yeah. I think being younger. I don't know. Yes, he is her younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Giordo Stewart. He is a prince who became Katarina's fiance after he inadvertently caused her to trip and injure herself, which forced him to take responsibility. So she basically has like an X scar on her forehead for most of the time that she is a little kid. <laughs> and it's actually this injury that causes her to like reincarnate herself, kind of. Like that's when she remembers. She's like, oh, I'm a 17 year old otaku and I had a whole other life and a whole other world. <laughs> and this is a game. So that's kind of when she realizes that. But anyways, in the game, Katarina uses this injury to her advantage to monopolize Giordo for herself. In the good ending, he exiles Katarina and marries the heroine, who we'll mention in a little bit, while the bad ending has him killing Katarina and abandoning the heroine due to guilt about killing her. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> it's like the good ending, she's exiled forever. The bad ending, she's dead. Like, it's, it's kind of bleak for her, especially realizing these things as a 17-year-old in an 8-year-old's body. But anyways... <laughs> However, she rectifies this when she realizes who she is and that she's in a game and what the possible endings are. So she continues efforts to better herself and avoid the bad endings. So she doesn't really manipulate him. And now it seems in, in the show that he seems to have developed genuine feelings for her. So Giordo's brother, Alan Stewart, is the second prince. He was totally jealous of his brother and that made him an introvert. So in the game, Katarina doesn't actually appear in his character path. There's another character named Mary who serves as the rival instead. So after Katarina becomes friends with Mary, he became angered by how she is constantly ignoring him in favor of her. This causes him to challenge her to a series of competitions, which she wins. Over time, they actually become friends, though, and his relationship with his brother also becomes better. She makes an effort to say that he's not less than his older brother. She makes an effort to kind of boost him up and give him confidence, and therefore, he ends up being not like a bitter, introverted a-hole yeah. by the time the game starts. So the next character we're going to cover is Mary Hunt, and this is Alan's fiance and the rival character during his path in the game. Despite this, though, she generally has a better faith than Katarina, who's usually dead or exiled. Yeah. Um, with her staying together with Alan in the bad ending and peacefully rescinding her fiance status in the good one. While in the game, her and Katarina had no relationship, she actually becomes really good friends with Katarina in her reincarnated life because Katarina basically asked for her advice after seeing her beautiful garden that she made and she was like can you please help me with my farm because my plants are dying and I don't know why so they really kindle a friendship over that because Mary is actually like the child of a remarried like spouse situation so her her stepsisters like really don't like her and they think she's a nuisance so she's like really quiet and reserved but then Katarina you like it's basically her first friend at this house so they become really close but this is different from the game because in the game Alan is the first one to praise her garden and that's what causes her to fall in love with him but now that Katarina has praised it first it seems like Mary has developed romantic feelings for her instead I won't get into it right now, but I just feel we gotta like... We got to table it. We got to table it to get okay. through. <laughs> we have to table the, that, the discussion about Mary. We'll get to it. 
I have a lot to say. Our next character is Nicole Ascart. He is Giordo and Alan's childhood friend, and he is considered extremely handsome. He has a smile that can both charm men and women. Ooh. Eyebrows, eyebrows. The details regarding his story in the game are sparse because he doesn't really talk a lot. He's like the stoic type. And Katarina in her other life never played his route. Despite this, though, he seems to have developed a crush on Katarina after she got him to open up. And she does this by getting close to his sister, Sophia. Sophia Askhart is the rival character during his path in the game. Gross. Though details regarding her story are kind of sparse because, of course, Katarina never played that. She was considered cursed due to her silver hair and red eyes, causing her to live a life of isolation until she met Katarina and opened up to her. There was this scene in the anime that I thought was so cute where Katarina was imagining her and Sophia in like her old life. And she's like, I bet she would have liked romance, manga, and anime. And it was like them like sharing a manga and having a good time. I was like, that's so sweet. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So... Oh, there is a spoiler in here. I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) 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 We just won't talk about that. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) So, gross sister complex from Nicole. But yeah, Sophia's cool. And it also seems like, to me, she has a bit of a crush on Katarina, who seems to be extremely, like, charming and very friendly to everyone she's always trying to make friends yeah she's like hashtag making friends and influencing people pretty much (laughs) so the last character we're going to talk about is maria campbell who if you play fortune lover you are maria campbell pretty sure She's the main heroine in the game and the original bullying target for Katarina. However, now that Katarina is self-aware, basically she is much, much nicer and more charismatic. Maria possesses extremely rare light magic that is rare for a commoner and led to her being alienated during her childhood because everyone was calling her an illegitimate child. Also, her father is not really in the picture (laughs) anymore. It's just her and her mom when she is not in school so maria is very cute she has short blonde hair i would say that she is like classically beautiful in kind of like a country-esque style i guess that's Mm -hmm. what she kind of reminds me of she's a very delicate character i just love how all these characters have like vaguely european names yeah (laughs) like most otome games they're all like set in some made-up country that vaguely resembles europe somewhere so I was really charmed by the episodes that I've seen of this. It is still airing, so we don't know the conclusion. But so I, I thought this show could have gone one of two ways. The first one, Katarina tries so hard to change everything about the game that things get so twisted that they end up happening anyway, and she ends up dead, and then she has to keep playing the routes. That's one way I thought it was going to happen, like a much darker take. The second take was, she's going to try to befriend everyone, and it's going to completely change the game. And it's going that way. It's not dark. I was thinking that she was going to be, like, justified in everything that she did. Like, she gets to the school, and it turns out that Maria is a total bitch. (laughs) And, like, puts on a good face for everybody else. Like, 
like almost like she's the anti-hero kind of uh-huh. thing where like she's really trying to do the right thing and she's actually being kind but maria like turns it around and says like she's bullying her and like nobody believes her and that kind of a thing that that's what i thought but that was coming off of like she enters this Atome game like as it's starting like she doesn't have a chance to alter her relationships at all she just kind of has to go in with the relationships that have already been built so i thought this was an interesting take that they started her so young and gave her like the universe gave her the opportunity to change her relationships if she wanted to Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i i was not expecting it to go that way at all so i think one scene i think it's in episode four that really exemplifies this is it's her 15th birthday and there's like a ball and all of these characters want to dance with her every single one and they're all fawning over her and she's being pretty gracious about it it's not like she's being a bitch (laughs) or being conceited she genuinely seems to like her friends and she's formed quite the squad dare i say harem because Mm -hmm. I swear to God, every single one of these characters mentioned is totally in love with her, which is like an Atome game, you know, granted. It's like she has become the main character, but even the female characters, (laughs) Mary, Maria, Sophia, all seem very into her. And I was like, are they going to do it? Are they going to have bisexual undertones? Will they do it? We have half the series left, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, as a person that enjoys gay undertones, <laughs> that I was very appreciative of these really not subtle gay things <laughs> that were happening. We'll see if that ends up being serious. Like, the only thing that, I, that bothers me about it is that Katarina, to me, seems obviously not attracted to women maybe maria to me in anime it seems like if they want queer undertones that it's always based in one person is queer while the other person isn't like yeah Yeah. they can have queer undertones like she can totally have all these friends that are that are women that are in love with her but because she is tragically straight it doesn't matter Therefore, the stakes are low. Therefore, who cares? Like, just fucking do it. Who is it hurting? Nobody. (laughs) Just do it! I I really, like, I'm disappointed by that. But it does feel like she has feelings for Maria. Yeah, she's had quite a bit to say about this main character. Like, oh my god, she's so pretty and she's so nice and she... Is really good at baking things that mm-hmm. I like eating, and I'm just like, girl, you gay. <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty gay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it was gay, but it got gayer. So I would be so thrilled if they had the cones to actually do this. <laughs> like, I know. That's why I want to keep watching it, but I don't want to be fucking oh what was that anime that we watched forever that was toying with a relationship and then was like Gekin no. Shoujo yes Gekin Shoujo Nozaki-kun oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the audacity 
That's all I have to say is the audacity of that <laughs> anime. I really hope that this anime doesn't do the same thing because I I like it. Like I haven't been really passionate about watching an anime in a long time and I like this anime. It's not intense. It's not what I'm normally into, but I really like it because it is very gay and I just want the gay to happen. <laughs> I mean, is it safe to say that this is a harem anime? Because yes. most of the time it's a guy with a bunch of girls. Or it's a reverse harem, which is a lot of Atome games, where it's one girl, a bunch of guys. However, she seems to have people, multiple genders here. And I'm like, what do I call it? I, think <laughs> I guess it is just a harem, harem anime. I, yeah, I feel like it's still a reverse harem. Yeah, there are more guys. There's four. Yeah, I, I feel like it's still a, rever- a reverse harem just because the main character identifies as a woman. <laughs> yeah. And like a normal harem would be identification as a man. So. But well, that's just my definition. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> yeah. So here are my predictions for the show for the second half. Dare I say Giordo and Keith end up together? Ooh eyebrows eyebrows i mean in the show they have several moments where they are clearly upset with one another <laughs> and katarina's just like they're such good friends because <laughs> she's well let me just say that i love the character katarina because while she is you know very kind and loving she's kind of like oblivious to a lot of she's things. stupid she's yeah she's I was trying to be nice, but yeah, <laughs> she's she's a little thick in the head when it comes to certain things. Like she just doesn't see the social nuances sometimes because you know, in her head, she's a seventeen-year-old otaku from Japan, and she just does not see the like all the nuances that comes with the pomp and circumstance of like a very high royal class family, which is the family that she's in. So she doesn't really have great manners or table side manners, which her mom really hates. <laughs> she likes to farm in a farmer's outfit, which horrifies everyone that she knows. But yeah, she just doesn't notice those things. So I thought it was funny that their relationship, she was like, they're friends when really it's more like a competition between them. But oh my God, there's nothing I love more than two boys who are in competition with each other developing feelings rivals to lovers (laughs) maya Uh, chan if you're listening she knows (laughs) my second prediction is that katarina isn't going to end up with anyone romantically she will not romance anyone i don't know i think she's gonna end up with maria uh i don't know I don't know if they have the cojones for that. I My hope is that they subvert all my expectations and she ends up with Maria. Mm, okay. My third prediction is that all these characters are going to have to fight a new villain that has been created through butterfly effectness because mm-hmm. Katarina has changed so much about the game that it's going to cause like some other character to become the villain and they'll probably have like magical evil powers because there's magic so i'm guessing that they're gonna have to fight someone else who isn't katarina yeah there's been a low stakes villain i guess you could say it's this group of girls that's been bullying maria 
and then Katarina kind of is just like, no. And <laughs> they don't even have names. They're that they low stakes. Like, they're, they're just like bully side characters. So I like that path a lot. I think that would make the anime a little bit more exciting. So Yeah, maybe they'll have to fight like an evil principal or another student or something. Yeah, I have I have a I don't know if the anime is this complex, but I almost feel like the conflict that's going to arise is everybody realizing that they all like Katarina and having to deal with the relationship fallouts that possibly occur from that because Mary is engaged to Alan and if they both like Katarina, that's a problem. <laughs> so I, I think in the sixth episode, the closest confirmation we have is that Nicole likes Katarina. Although it's hard to tell because Nicole doesn't really have facial expressions and he doesn't say more than like two words at a time. But I get the strong vibe that that is the case and that's a problem <laughs> because she's engaged to Giorno who clearly likes her and is becoming increasingly possessive and wanting to spend alone time with her which Keith hates because Giorno honestly is a little rapey <laughs> in wanting <laughs> in, 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 in wanting to like be alone with her and Keith is like really freaked out by that. <laughs> well, because Keith has feelings for his adopted sister. Yeah. He, what, there's like when, when they were really young, he's like, "Oh my god, another rival! What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, stop with the fucking. Even if they're adopted, stop with the sibling stuff, please. Oh my god, I know. I hated it. it's so gross. Like I don't even want to talk. I'm so glad that Nicole and Sophia, whatever the fuck sisterly love bullshit they were trying to push in the game, it is not in this show. Thank God. <laughs> they were like, that's nasty. <laughs> it is! Like, stop! stop. Yeah. So I'm really excited to watch the next six episodes. Me too. Me too, me too. Let us know what you guys think is going to happen. If you've already read the light novels or the manga, don't spoil it, please. We haven't done either of that. Yeah, and we did not do like an episode-by-episode episode synopsis, so please watch it if you feel like you'd be even remotely interested in it. It goes by really quick. The episodes are only like 25 minutes, I think, mm -hmm. and there's only six episodes out right now, so spend your evening watching this anime and binging it or during your lunch break or whatever it's really easy to just watch one episode after the other though <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and i i really like the ending theme i thought it was really nice yes yeah it's definitely it cool. it's definitely a good thing to watch if you're feeling down in the dumps it's not negative it makes you laugh and it really it does a good job at like pulling you out of reality because obviously this is an otome game anime <laughs> so yeah. it's like you're playing an otome game uh, or watching an Otome game being played. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what we need in these troubling times. Yes. Just an escape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, let's give our ratings. So, Rachel, just for the plot, what would you give it a rating 1 to 5? I would give it a 3.75. <laughs> oh my god, you win the points. <laughs> if only because... I think they could have been more... The The plot is good. The plot is good. It's just not very complex. It's pretty simplistic for right now. So, Yeah, I agree. I think the plot is like a three and a half. Yeah. 
what would you give the art style, the cinematography, the score, mm-hmm. one to five? I feel like I would give it a four just because I like the music that they use and there's actually some piano playing that goes on in there and I think they did a good job with that as well. The art style is very classic anime. It's not like anything different and they use chibi style a lot for the first couple episodes because they're all young but yeah I think like the scenery and stuff is fine. Is it like a Miyazaki movie? No. (laughs) But it's clean and I didn't see any like clipping or anything so I thought it was fine. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well. I do like the character designs. Her fiance, I swear to God, I there are so many Atome games where a character like her fiance looks yeah. exactly like that. Like, yep. not that long ago, I played Oz Mafia, and one of the characters looks exactly like that, and he is also a prince. Yep. So it's very archetypal and classic. However, each character is very distinct. You cannot mix them up. Yeah, I actually really like Sophia's character design, too, just because she, you know, has albinism, obviously, with her silver hair and her red eyes. So I thought that was interesting and unique. Yeah. Overall, what would you give this one to five? I would give it a four. I would give this a four as well. I just think overall it's a solid anime. I would withhold my final be-all-end-all rating until I'm done with the anime. Just because there are things they can do with the plot to improve that score (laughs) going forward. I don't think, you know, they're going to be able to improve really the animation or anything unless they Mm -hmm. start breaking out mechas or some shit. (laughs) And it's a lot different. But yeah, if they are a little bit more complex with the plot, I will enjoy that. But who knows? If at least one gay couple ends up canon, this is an automatic five. Yep. (laughs) Automatic five. If that doesn't happen, it will probably stay at around a four. Yeah. Let's end this with our weekly K-pop recommendations. My weekly K-pop recommendation is going to be Bandit's Jungle. My weekly recommendation is going to be Dala Dala by Itzy. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Tumblr at soulmatespodcast.tumblr.com. Check us out on Instagram at Soulmates Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at Soulmates Podcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can find Soulmates Podcast anywhere podcasts are normally found. Whatever platform you're listening on, please follow us, subscribe, download a few of our episodes, and watch, and watch them, and listen to them on the go. We have a whole bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah, we have a whole bunch of episodes in our archive. So if if you're feeling bored, you could listen to us all day, every day, (laughs) for at least a week. (laughs) For at least a week. We've been doing this for a while. We do have quite the archive. And I think we've been getting better. We have definitely more structure than we used to. (laughs) Yes, and we are releasing a podcast weekly now instead of bi-weekly. So we definitely have a lot more content over the past year and a half than we had before. So yeah. And our button designs have gotten really good. Though, I swear to God, I have like 300 buttons that were supposed to go to three conventions that have all been canceled. So (laughs) maybe we'll do a button giveaway. Yeah, we should do something like that. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye.